association where I say a word and immediately you give me your response. Yeah. And you, if we did that with, if I just say repent and you, your response, and it, I, I've, sometimes I've done this a few times in the past, nearly always the response, whatever the word is, whatever the image is, whatever that kind of repent, nearly always it's, it's negative. The overtone is negative. Uh, it, it, repentance is like a, a bad thing. It's a, it's a heavy thing. It, you, the sort of overtures of, of, of guilt and shame, of, of this sort of, oh gosh, if I, if I have to, kind of thing. Or, or maybe it's images of the guy, you know the guys who stand on the street corners with the, the sandwich board, and they've got some sort of scripture. It's always written in Old English, you know, repent ye, or ye will go ye to halle. <laughs> it's all written on their front. And they always look, don't they? Just look really sort of morbid and sad. And you, you kind of think, well, if, if by repenting I get to look like you, then it's not a great advert, frankly. It's just, just ugh, everything kind of tightens inside. But, but the word repent literally means, the, the, the original Greek literally means to change one's mind. Or to change the way you think. Probably down to, to external stimuli, to some kind of stimuli that, that causes you to go, hmm, I wonder what I think about it. I wonder if there's a new way of thinking. That's repentance. To change your outlook, to change your worldview, to change the way in which you prioritize life. That process of change begins with repentance, a change of thinking. I was thinking about this and it struck me how on really key and significant things in my life and work I have repented. I've changed the way I think. The recent teaching that Joe and I have done on, on marriage at the end of last term and, and recently on sex uh, and you know, related to relationship and relating and, and thinking about marriage it caused me to reflect that actually I've changed my thinking on marriage and what marriage is and how kind of marriage works. I've changed it quite significantly uh, in the 24 years I've been married. I, the way I view marriage now is quite different from, if I'm honest, how I viewed marriage on my wedding day. Even though I'd been through marriage preparation and I, I think I thought I knew what marriage was. I had a view of marriage and I don't say it was invalid, I'm just saying I've changed my view. Or parenting. Boy, have Joe and I repented over our parenting. <laughs> but I, in every sense. But I mean, if we were to wind the clock back and start again, we would look to parent our children differently now from the way we actually did. I'm not saying that the way we've parented our children is, is, is bad. It's just that we've changed the way we think about the best way to parent in terms of sort of the priorities and what you would emphasize and what you'd sit light on and what would be important. We've changed the way we think. Repentance. It's a good thing. I, I, feel I'm, I feel I'm better off now for the thinking I've done on marriage. I think I'm better off now for the thinking I've done on parenting. Repentance is a good thing. I've changed the way I think about leadership. I've been in, in sort of Christian leadership for about 20 years now. And over the course of time, experience and engaging with people, mistakes that I've made, other people speaking into my life, books that I've read, conferences that I've been on, I've repented changed the way I've thought. Church. What is church? Over, well I've been in church for whatever, 30, 35 years, but had a role in leading church. My, my views have changed quite significantly in certain aspects of 
church. I remember reading um, uh, a verse I was very familiar with. Here's the thing. I'd read it several times in Matthew when Jesus uh, says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'd read that and read that and read that and, and kind of understood it to mean this. And I remember just, the, it was at a conference and someone, we read that and said, yeah, yeah, I know what that means. And he just, he just offered an alternative interpretation. And it was literally as if the, the scales fell from my eyes. Something sort of, almost like sort of curtains went boom in my mind. And I suddenly saw, I have read that verse, interpreted that verse to mean something completely different from what I think I see God means by it now. Radically changed the way in which I view church. I repented. And literally I said, Lord, I'm so sorry I haven't seen that. My thinking, I've been thinking in that channel. But actually, you're opening up this vista. I want to change the way I think. Jesus comes into the silence, into the fact that John, who was the noise, is now in prison. And Jesus stands and says, the time, the moment in time has come. The kingdom of God drawing near. You, you, can, you can now engage with the kingdom. The kingdom coming towards you. Will you, will you change the way you think? Repent. Repent and secondly and finally, believe. Will you repent and believe the good news? Change the way you think in order to accommodate and have a center place the good news of God. Or if you like, that God is good news. He's good news. Even if it's tough. Even when standing for him means flack from contemporaries and friends. Even when looking to develop his character in us means unworking patterns that we've been used to for some time. Even when the inner workings are stretching us. It's uncomfortable. It's like walking against the current into a prevailing wind. God is good news. Do you believe that? Jesus invites us to, to take hold of him who draws near in order that we believe that he's good news. Just a, a little aside here uh, on belief, on, on, on faith, on what it is that God is in Christ here through his word is calling us into to, to believe, to be an active believer. Every single one of us is a believer. Every single one of us as human beings, I mean, is a believer. Everyone believes. We've been created by God with the capacity, the, the need, actually, to believe. We as human beings are far too fragile and, frankly, dependent within the context of the vast array of human experience. There's no way that we can live our lives day to day without the necessity of, of belief and trust. We, we have to exercise those two things. Every single one of us, from, from the ardent atheist to the born again Christian believer, and, and every, everyone, everyone on, that, on that spectrum in between, we believe in something or someone. 
be it an ideology, a philosophy, a worldview, be it a set of priorities, maybe vastly different from what we might assume to be Christian priorities that everyone believes. I, I, I like sort of keeping my hand in on, on Alpha. Um, and I love just engaging with people who themselves are engaging with the Christian faith. And it, it, I, it, quite often when we're talking about um, faith, and people will say things like, um, oh, you know, I really sort of respect you or admire you, or you, you know, you've got faith, they say to me. You've, you know, you've got faith. And implied in that statement is that, you know, I have faith. That you, they say to me, you've got faith, but I haven't. It's like there are some that have and some that haven't. And it's just a false premise. Every single one of us has faith. If you deposit money in a bank, or you sign a contract, or you step onto a bus or an aeroplane, you're exercising faith that they'll look after your money, that they'll honour the contract, that they know how to fly the thing. You, you don't check out the credentials. I'm actually the CV of the pilot before I get on the plane. You, 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 you trust. You arrived here this evening because normally we have a five o'clock service. But was, was there any guarantee before you, but you embarked on a journey? You committed, you left whatever you were doing in order to be here in faith. So when Jesus calls us to believe, he's not actually asking us to do anything that's out of our nature. Every single one of us has the capacity to believe and we exercise it every day. He's just asking us, inviting us in the rethink, in the repentance, to believe in him. So I just want to invite you to consider in this Kairos moment as we, as we embark on this series of Jesus and who he is and what he does and what he means to us. In this Kairos moment where we're reflecting, maybe reappraising, rethinking. To what extent do you believe the good news of God through Jesus Christ? To what extent do you believe in him? Again, the paucity of our English language. Um, the Bible talks about belief and faith in our, our English language, but the, the, the original Greek is so much richer. There are so many more words. You know that idiom, the, Greek have a word, the Greeks have a word for it? It's, it's because they have so many different ways of expressing what our language, we only have one word. So, so belief. But in the Greek, there are actually, it's followed by prepositions. Uh, that, that qualify the nature of the belief. So it's possible to have belief hote. Belief hote, and that is belief hote is, is like just a propositional truth. It's, um, if I can take an example, I'll use this chair. Uh, so hote belief is for me to pick up this chair and... Um, kind of inspect it, so welded seams are all there, screws are all in, the seat looks pretty solid, the frame is in place back there. It's kind of fashioned as a chair, as I'd recognise it. So uh, I believe that chair could hold my weight. There it is, I've kind of tested it out as best I can, there's the proposition. That's belief hote. But the Bible is, the Bible's looking for far greater belief than that. There's belief epi. Belief epi is, as a result of this proposition, that chair, I believe, with every reason in my being, could hold my weight. I'm therefore going 
I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to transfer my weight onto it. Because of my hote belief, I'm going to epi belief. I'm actually going to, to sit in it. Now, I'm, I'm hovering now in the transition. I, I'm still on my feet. I'm still, and I'm going to now, I'm going to need, I'm going to, ah, epi. <laughs> I went from hote to epi. And now, now, I'm in, now I'm in Aeus belief. And Aeus belief is when you are actually deriving something from the faith. It's not just a proposition, the chair could hold me. It's not just, okay, so I'll sit in it. It's in sitting in the chair, I'm actually, I'm deriving something from it. I should just take the weight off my feet, it's quite nice. Sitting, preaching down. Nicky Gumbel does it. I think I should take this up. I could sort of put me, if I could have a stool here, I'd just put my feet up now. And because of the chair and the stool, I can relax. I can chill. I'm deriving something. This, this, this faith in the chair, the chair is sustaining me. Aeus belief. That's the belief that Jesus is talking about here. The moment's come, he says, don't just think of me as a concept. Mm, yeah, Jesus, good guy. Okay for some. Well, I'm not so sure whether it's for me. And it's, it's even more than Jesus is a good guy and yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to believe in him. Epi. No, it's, it's Aeus belief that Jesus is who he says he is. He's come near and therefore I am going to embrace him. As he draws near to me, I will draw near to him. I will take hold of him and I will trust him. I will literally, as, it were, you know, as I fell back into that chair, I will fall into Jesus. If Jesus isn't there to hold me, if he doesn't do, if he doesn't come up with the goods, if he isn't really good news, I'm toast. Because he's everything. Ace. I will live my life at work and at play, in my relationships, at home, uh, in the community, in this church. I will live my life as if it's Jesus and nothing and no one else. No add-ons, no conditions, no sort of safety nets. Jesus. I will take him at his word. The time has come. The kingdom of God is here. I will repent. I will change the way I think in order fully to embrace him. I will trust him. I will trust him for his provision, for his wisdom, for his guidance. When I, as a dependent human being, don't know the answer, don't know where to turn, don't know what the outcome will be, I will trust, I will trust that Jesus does. And in his time, he'll reveal that, reveal that and make it manifest to me. Jesus brings in the kingdom. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Just love the band to come up.